cheers to episode 154. Cheers. Cheers. Crisp. Pear Heineken. I've never, never had it before. Ooh. How is it? Pear. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Body armor. Blueberry pomegranate. Mm-hmm. It was already open, so I didn't crack it. <laughs> Sorry. Experimental Voodoo Ranger. Living <laughs> on the dark side. With just an X. Yeah. Is that stronger? That's not. Uh, no, I think it's just a different play. I think they've just got experimental with it. I don't think it's stronger. Okay, got it. Counter strikes me as a type that would drink like CBD infused IPAs. <laughs> I mean, if if one's offered to me, I can't turn it down. That sounds like a good <laughs> good beverage. Cooling the nerves. All right, let's set the stage here. People that are just listening are probably like, "What are those voices?" Um, you've heard them before. They've been on shows in the past, but I think this is the first time in the 154 episode history where we've had two fill-in guests. Definitely had one, and we've had some where we've had like a bunch of people on with Alex and Evan, but Evan is out coaching the youth of America all week, all road games too. Just a brutal schedule, whoever put that together for them. I'd have to go look at the text, but it was like today through Friday, essentially. They have away games every single day. Doug McDaniel would not survive. <laughs> I just say that. No. Michigan would be uh, 0 4. 0 4. Yeah. Uh, Alex could only really do later in the week, but by the time we got to later in the week, there's just so much time has passed since the Super Bowl. You can't really do it. So he's grinding, working right now. So credit to him. Hope his meetings feel great. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit too here when we get into the Chiefs. But with all that being said, Welcome in. We have Cody. I'll let you introduce yourself first. Uh, Cody Wilkins, uh, (laughs) ultimate ball knower, Michigan State alumni, closet Wolverine fan, uh, whoever's winning. Um, Been on the show before. Excited to talk ball. And uh, big fan of big fan of Colorado as well. One of my best friends. So I'll let him introduce himself now. Thank you, Cody. Well, this is the voice of Connor. You've heard me <laughs> at least four or five times, I think, because I know in September I you heard my rant about the Packers. So yes. I'm not gonna not gonna go on too long about the green and gold today, but I'm excited to talk about the green and white MSU mm. hoops. You got uh, the defensive coordinator fired <laughs> with that rant. Should have been a couple of years ago, but yeah, I mean Joe Barry, I mean the epitome of. <laughs> Uh, he wanted, Jeff, he Jeff wanted his head coach fired. People forget that. I wanted who? You wanted your head coach fired after like after there's... the Lions beat the Packers in Lambeau. People forget that. Oh yeah, there's many times I've called for the player's <laughs> head, but he adjusted pretty well the second half. So I'm not. He's not on that uh, pet smart leash anymore. <laughs> um, oh man. All right. So tonight is Monday, February 12th. You know who the guests are now. It's twenty February 12th, 2024, 6.52 p.m. Eastern. No need to do Central Time. Alex isn't on the show. And the Chiefs have done it again. We have a dynasty brewing in the NFL. We're going to touch on what we saw last night. And then other topics for the show, MSU Hoops. 
that Connor teased, top 10 win, has some thoughts about how maybe that's changed our opinion. Cody, glad you're on this one. You have a unique perspective throughout the year with your boycott, the B <laughs> word. We'll see how that's taking place here in your plans for March. Um, Michigan football, still figuring out their coaching staff. We have some betrayal. We have some promises that weren't kept early in the week. We'll get into that. We have the Pistons trade deadline. A good one for Evan to miss because he hates this franchise. So maybe we'll get a couple thoughts about maybe positives. I don't know. It's hard to get excited about. And then assuming we have time, which I think we will, uh, Red Wings, the upcoming stretch. I looked at the standings today. Credit to me. So I knew where everyone was at. I looked at the upcoming schedule. We'll see what the future holds, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Evan will be sad that he's missing that if we do get to Red Wings. Because I've behind the scenes, I've put Red Wings on the show doc probably like the last month and a half and just never, never have time. Just no reason to talk about them once we're an hour and a half deep of football talk. So we're in a good spot though right now. I think they're worth mentioning though. Yeah. They're in the playoffs as of when I looked this morning. So that's something. Still are, huh? Um, without further ado. Cody, kick us off with any weekly check-ins. If you have anything, that's okay. If not, totally okay as well. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty clean week, I'll be honest, slinging insurance. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, had a Super Bowl party yesterday, hosted a uh, couple friends. Oh, had Cody and Evan over, made quite the spread, put together. Would have invited you, Grant, but it's just a long drive for a Super Bowl that nobody cares about. So Connor and I were talking about the the logistics of parties. Where like, if you don't live in the same town, they're kind of tough to do because it's Sunday night. Yeah, so that's just where if you were in Tecumseh, you got invited. If not, it, it didn't make sense. Uh, made wings, buffalo chicken dip, guac, like little mm. pepperoni rolls, mm. brownies. Yeah, put together a hell of a spread. Pigs in a blanket and. Pigs in a blanket as well. Sorry, that, wow, that would have been a big what a guess. I made. <laughs> Evan showed up, and I had already pulled out probably like fifty pigs in a blanket and put them on a plate. And he watched me open the oven to pull more out. And he goes, "Wow, there's more of these." And I said, uh, "I was like, well, yeah, Evan. There, one Eldred came over, so that's probably all that kid's gonna eat. So I had to make a lot of them, and it, that's like the ultimate." party snack because they're so poppable that I, I was like they will get eaten i promise and they were gone by the end of the night so wow. i felt good about that decision um yeah pretty pretty boring super bowl in my opinion i guess we'll get to that but other than that nothing too exciting on my end any good moments from the party any like reactions what was the biggest pop in the crowd Honestly, I think the the Joe Biden tweet at the end of the night when he tweeted when he tweeted the laser eyes meme. Everybody, I, I pulled it up and I was like, "There's no way our president just tweeted this." And everybody's immediate reaction was like, "Well, it has to be fake. Like it's a fake account." And I pulled it up and it had, he has like forty eight million followers. I was like, "This is the real account." And we all like it was, we were all just flabbergasted. Um, I, I'd also say. Usher just ripping his shirt off felt like another another bad week. Another bad bad moment for guys this week between the Drake video and that. Um mm -hmm. we just it, it feels like we can't catch a break. So that felt unnecessary, but it was a good Super Bowl halftime performance. I think Lil John got the ultimate pop and Ludacris, because we were all rallying for Ludacris in the halftime performance. Luda was sweet. That was sweet. I know. Connor? I had a pretty Pretty relaxed past week. I went and saw the movie The Beekeeper, 
Have you heard of that? Starring Jason Ooh. Statham. If you oh, like action, you'll you'll like it. It's a typical Jason Statham action movie, but not too much of the plot. Uh, got pretty into the Wheel of Fortune Super Bowl week last week. Pretty <laughs> exciting there. Bills fan took the champ. Uh, Saturday. What is that? What? What is the they have like they have like NFL fans Fortune. on or something? Yeah, and the winner oh, uh, the, got the, tickets to the, the actual Bowl. show, like on CBS. Oh yeah, big Wheel of Fortune <laughs> yeah. guy. Okay. Uh, Saturday, uh, Michigan State game started at two, got there at eleven. Uh, was able to get second row, pretty good spots, but I'll touch on more of the game later. Uh, behind the yesterday. bench. Yes, behind the bench. You would have seen me in my uh, black pullover, but I don't think I was shown really on TV this time. I saw you actually. I did. No, was that uh, no close up of me calling a timeout though? No, it wasn't that. It was after uh, Terrence Shannon hit a shot and he was like backpedaling. They're like cutting to commercial and it was like a slow mo of you and Jay and you just looked distraught for a second. Yeah. But <laughs> for the a while, terrible thing is, I was watching on my phone because I had Butler on the big TV and I like to, sc- I want a screenshot to send it, but YouTube TV, they don't let, like, you can't screen record or take screenshots because they yeah. don't want you putting out their content from the game. So I couldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I saw screenshots. No, yeah, I screenshotted you and then it was just a black image on my phone. And I was like, this really? is bullshit. That's I just want to send it in the chat. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. That sucks. Um, but outside, the, so after the game, my parents came up, met them at the Riv for a couple hours, then got dinner at nice. B-Dubs after. And for the Super Bowl, really didn't have any party, just had our house. Um, someone brought buffalo chicken dip. Uh, but yeah, not, nothing too big for the Super Bowl. Do you think there's any parties that don't have buffalo chicken dip for the Super Bowl? Uh, at least some type of dip. I'd be surprised if there's ever a party that doesn't have some tortilla chip and some dip made. Or salsa. I, I'll be honest. I'm kind of glad football season's over because I was eating buffalo chicken dip last night, and just I feel like that's the football season staple. And I, I was like, I I think I'm buffalo chicken dipped out. Like I I can't do this anymore. I don't. Know. Yeah, just a me thing. Uh, internally, I'm ready for. Speaking of alcohol, like I've I'm past the point of whiskey. Like I'm already eyeing up what I'm going to be drinking in the summer. I'm kind of past like. I'm not past a certain beer, but I'm ready for Corona. Mm-hmm. and I'm just mentally there. So to that point of just like foods and drinks that are winter, but we still I have think the, to go, which sucks. I think the weather's doing that. A lot of sunshine. So I'm just looking wow. forward to it. Friday, though, was wow. a perfect day. Just sat outside, played some cornhole. Spring is back. You guys yeah. were living. I, I the At work from my, my desk, it was great to see the sun outside, if that counts for anything. <laughs> Same thing, really. Just beard eye with the boys grinding away on a computer, looking out the window. <laughs> Don't get old, Connor. Never. <laughs> I'm almost there. Um, My week, I don't have a lot, so I don't want to waste too much time. I watched a lot of college basketball on Saturday. A lot. Bet on a lot of college basketball. Watched a lot of college basketball. I went to Shake Shack. Ooh. It was really good. They had a new, uh, they knew, um, coffee Korean donuts bar- shake. Oh. Ooh, yeah. How so was it was that? coffee flavor with like little crumbs of donuts. It was pretty good. It was a little weird to eat around dinner time with like a burger and chicken sandwich. If yeah. I'm being honest, I ate a lot because I hadn't ate much earlier in the day. So I got a burger, 
chicken sandwich, fries, and the shake. And that'd I probably, all- that probably set you back $35 a Shake Shack. Yeah, yeah. I think like, <laughs> it's mentally too, because I'm picking it up. So I never know what to do when you tip people when you're picking things up. It's it's a weird math in my brain. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm not doing a full 20. I'll custom tip it. And I was like, ooh, do I do like $3? So mentally it's under, it's like $29.50. So I feel like I'm getting a bargain because then mentally seeing $31 makes you feel like you're spending more, even though it's only a $2 difference. <laughs> so. I think I tipped. I think it was like thirty-one bucks. How's a Shake Shack burger compare? Like, have you ever had In and Out? Yeah, one time. How do you compare the two? Because I guess they're supposed to be be big rivals. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're similar I, in, in I terms of quality. They're different, but they're like quality wise. I don't. I was satisfied both times. I feel like Shake Shacks. Burger is better, but it's more expensive. But In and Out's fries are just abysmal. So Shake Shack mm-hmm. wins on that. Like right. if you're In-N-Out's just gonna get a burger, I'd probably go to In and Yeah. Cause even for California, like I think an In and Out burger is like five, six bucks, which is really cheap, but Shake Shack's like nine, ten dollars. I forgot to include also Burger King. <laughs> I had my Burger King on Sunday. <laughs> Me, Jason, and Jay split the family bundles, so the coupons came in and we went out. <laughs> Such a beautiful meal. No rodeo <laughs> whopper. No, I'm not a big rodeo. It's usually I roll with the Bacon King, but I mean, you have oh, the family bundle. King. Nice whopper. You're speaking a different language right now. You're speaking <laughs> my, a different my, language. My Burger King fans out there will understand what the... I think we were up there. We went up there and tailgated for like the Richmond game, and we went inside the hop. I think some of us just didn't even end up going to the game because it was an FCS school, and we just sat in Bailey's house and watched the game on TV, and Connor just went on like a 20-minute tangent about Burger King. So that's where this all stems from. Hey, if Anyways. there are any BK fans out there, they are rejoicing, Connor, because normally they just get like Taco Bell talk, which made me think another – could have been its own segment. Taco Bell had a summit, <laughs> a like Apple. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw. I saw like oh, pictures I, from it. I saw it. Yeah. Full-on presentation. I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to go watch the full thing, but I don't have – I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um but the highlights, the gelato that's kind of making the headlines, but sneaky under the radar was the cheese it crunch wrap supreme. No, yeah, mm-hmm. crunch wrap supreme. Cheese it. Yeah, so like that middle crunchy layer is a cheese it. That could be something. It had a. Uh, that could be terrible. It could be terrible. It could be really. It's bad. white cheddar. It depends. It depends on if it gets like soggy or not. No, white cheddar is um, terrible, Connor. Take that. Whoa, back. white cheddar cheese it's. <laughs> All right, supreme no. snack. Are you kidding me? White cheddar is oh, for children. My goodness. <laughs> I'll be a kid then because I just love get a big old handful of white cheddar cheese that's in my belly. I mean, these things are great. <laughs> I feel like under the radar, I don't know if you're a cinnamon twist guy, but they had like Baja Blast dust cinnamon twists in that too. Those, I don't know. Those could, those could be something. Not a big cinnamon twist Taco Bell person. There was the... The bites, I can't say the name though. You know, like Dol Dolech or whatever, D U L Dolce, Dolce. But it's like, I don't know. I tried saying it, and Marissa corrected me, and I felt like, like I didn't know how to speak English with the way she said. It. I was like, oh, that's not even close to how I thought you pronounced that. Oh, I think it's Dolce Dolech. Dolce Dolech. Dolce Dolce. It's Spanish. <laughs> okay, yeah. There it is. So you just did the same thing. I, I just feel like an idiot because I don't know how to say it. <laughs> but they're making those of the bites, the little, little um, the cream filled bites that they have that are good. Cinnabon delights. Yes. Ooh. Can you say that one more time? Dolce de leche. 
Dolce de leche, yeah. Leche is milk. I forget what Dolce means. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the big game. Let's start with the football. Then we can talk about the fun stuff of commercials or um, halftime performance. So, first of all, congratulations to the Chiefs. Three titles in five years now. So, that's – I don't know how you guys rank dynasties. Official that's dynasty. Always, that's what I view as dynasties. I don't go, like, the 10-year mark. Like, it's just – if you can win three and five. It also varies. Like, I think the Warriors won, like, four and seven. That counts as well. It's just, yeah. like, it's a sliding scale of, like, you know it when you see it, if they're just dominating yeah. the sport. And then, congrats to Alex. Um He's not here to defend himself, so we can kind of spread some lies about him. He's a longtime Chiefs fan. Some people have wondered if that's his top team over the Lions, and if he likes Mahomes more than Goff. And I would not be surprised if he wore his Chiefs jersey to work today. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Mahomes jersey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a Mahomes jersey, Connor. He does not have a Goff jersey. He sold that for money at Chiefs Stadium. I respect it. He likes his pet. Does he? Does he ever? <laughs> Personal. And then some more backstory before the actual X's and O's. Cody has a long time been a hater of the Chiefs, along with friend of the show, Wyatt. Alex is obviously a fan. I don't, Evan's kind of neutral, like you heard last week. He just loves CMC. I'm just whatever money I can make. So I went with Chiefs. But then I was really surprised. I was driving, going to get groceries, Cody, when you texted the group saying you are on Chiefs with the hammer emoji. I almost spit out whatever drink I wasn't drinking at the time. I was like, no way that Cody is like making himself root for the Chiefs tonight. So how did that play out in your head? Because you do not like the Chiefs. Uh, It felt good. That that was like, that was the ultimate emotional hedge for me because I don't, it's not like betting against like if Michigan State's playing somebody and I bet on the other team, that that feels like a cheap emotional hedge because if Michigan State, even if I win my bet, I'm going to still be mad. Um, but it was just nice to be able to watch the football game and know regardless, even if the Chiefs win, I can't be that upset. I won a bet. And I got Patrick Mahomes at plus money in a Super Bowl. So I don't know. At the end of the game, I, I actually wasn't even really that upset because you kind of just got to appreciate what he did. I mean, I think he went eight for eight on the last drive, uh, which is pretty remarkable to not throw an incompletion, um, especially with that moment and that play action or that, that read option that they ran was just unbelievable. So you got to give it up to the guy. Like he's, he's, he's definitely going to be the guy for many years to come. I think Warren Sharp tweeted out the, um, I think he's lost. He's uh, three losses of like one score or something. You might want to check that. Sorry, um, but no, I, I think I like, saw a similar thing. Yeah, every time he loses, like they're still in the game. So it's it's just crazy that he he keeps doing this and he's still so young. I think the only time that it really hit me that I was upset was when Kelsey went up there on the stage after and was screaming like Viva Las Vegas. And then you got to fight. And I was like, all right, I'll turn to the TV off. Like I just can't do this. I'm going to go to bed mad. So um, yeah, I wasn't that upset. It, it was a pretty good football game. A lot of people were saying all time classic. I don't know about that just because it was, it was, it was a, it was good football, but it, there was just no plays that really stood out to me that were that awesome. Aside from the Jawan Jennings CMC uh, mm. Touchdown, but better than I thought it'd be. I went to bed. I, I fell right asleep after. Normally, I'm pretty steaming after 
something like that, like a Michigan State loss or so. It was what it was. Yeah. Kind of, I was kind of – I thought there is – like, I kind of disagree with you. I thought there was some big key moments. Not that, like, in the second half, but the first half, especially with the turnovers, both sides yeah. of the muff punt and the blocked kick. For a while, I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty underwhelming, but but you get any Super Bowl or any playoff game that goes to one-score game at the end of the fourth or overtime, it's worth it. But my main takeaway is I'm just going to keep betting on Patrick Mahomes. It's proved me right. He's the next Tom Brady. There's only one quarterback in the AFC who I think could even top him in any playoff game, and that's Burrow. I think Josh Allen will never get the job done. Lamar won't get the job done. So right now I just think it's a one-horse race in the AFC. Um, turning the page to San Francisco, I mean, I always considered Green Bay a big choke artist, but San Francisco's right on that heel along with Dallas because Shanahan just can't figure it out. He can't figure it out in the Super Bowl in these large-scale games. And for your team, the elect to receive in the overtime of a playoff game with the new rule has to be one of the worst coaching jobs that's ever existed because that's just painfully pathetic. Because if that, you can somehow... Sorry, that was alarming that Juice Check, like a Harvard grad, came on in the press conference. It was like, yeah, we didn't know the overtime rules. You would, you would think a team with that many veterans on it that's that well coached would know the, the new overtime rules and that's just the biggest miss, I think, of all time on the biggest stage. It was it was check that said it. I never saw who said it. That's tough. Yeah, He's, yeah. check in the post game said it, but was Fred Warner the one who elected to receive at the coin toss? I think it was yes. Fred Warner. Yeah, yeah. But that was the case because yeah. after the game, the Chiefs said too that they were you know had multiple practice sessions, you know, practicing how to react in the playoffs. So San Francisco just being ill prepared late. I mean, they always have these leads that they blow. I don't think it's really, uh, you know, looking at the quarterback situation, Purdy gets a lot of shit. But I think Purdy's good enough to win a Super Bowl, especially in the system. Uh, but, I mean, no one really on San Francisco made the play late in the game. So, I mean, credit to Chiefs. Every year I'm going to pick them to win the AFC, unless it's going to be Burrow. But the dynasty's on the clock. The Chiefs are just too good. Connor, do you think we should – I was thinking about this today. Like, when's the best window? You know, when people look at flights, they say book X months out to get the best deal. When's our off-season window to bet Chiefs where we might get the best value? Because I think they're, like, plus 750 to win the title right now. And I'm just like, do I take that now or do I wait? If we're doing if it up to 900? I don't know. Off-season-wise, I'd say right now just because they don't even have the best odds. But I think if you're looking at the entire season, if you're confident in them winning at all, I mean, usually around week and se- week seven or eight, when everyone starts doubting them, when they might get to plus a thousand. You're right. Uh, You're right. But the, I was gonna say either now season. or after free agency. I feel like free agency we can really swing it. And like, let's say they lose Chris Jones or they lose Ajarius Sneed, which are two things that could yeah, probably yeah. happen. I think you could probably get a pretty good number after that. Especially, I want to see their schedule too because I mean they're gonna have a tough schedule next year, having to place. I mean, Houston, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Burroughs back. That could be even the first game of the year, which would be awesome to see him come back. But, you know, next you're forgetting, year. You're forgetting, Connor, Chargers. wild card in this dynasty, and it's Jim Harbaugh. His one life mission is going to be to take down this team. And if he was ever to be able to do it, that, he would go down as maybe the best coach of all time. Absolutely. That, 
that was one of my points that I, I left the game thinking like I, I think I'm officially the biggest Jim Harbaugh fan now that he's yes. on the Chargers because that is how you can take down Patrick Mahomes from within the division because it's been the most dysfunctional division since Mahomes has been there even before with Alex Smith and it, I don't know we got to put all our chips in there because we got to stop him because I, I don't know I if the Lions make the Super Bowl next year I really don't want to see Patrick Mahomes on the other side. There might be a dry fit, long sleeve, powder blue Chargers shirt in my future because that would be funny <laughs> to go at Alex when he wears his Mahomes stuff. Like, just become a big Charger, a bolt head. I don't know what they call them themselves, but just get in there. The the thing with the Chargers is like, I mean, they're kind of gaining some age, especially in their weapons. And Eckler is he a free agent? So I have no idea really what to expect from the Chargers next year. But obviously, Herbert for me, I made my like QB rankings before this. I have Herbert at six right now. So if anyone can do it, it could be him, uh, especially with J- Jimmy. And uh, Minter's it. Minter went with him, right? Oh yeah. Is there an yeah, OC in Herbert. LA? Uh, uh, Greg Roman's back on the staff, but I don't know if he's the OC. Yeah, he is the OC. I'm pretty is sure he? Jack Harbaugh's in need of a job, so maybe we'll see him follow him to LA. I'd love to see Jack Harbaugh back. The, the dad. Game. Yeah, Jack Harbaugh, great, great offense. <laughs> no line. shot. That's no kind of shot. Fit. That's he was a, fit. He, he was a defense. I mean, he was a D two champ. He was great coaching. Uh, he's a great coach. Football, so he's just the uh, he's like the mascot of the Harbaugh family. That's his role now. <laughs> he could be, yeah, but I think uh, he just needs one more shot. <laughs> um, back to the game. There's two things you guys were talking about. I'll give my stance on it. If you had taken the odds that Grant would draw a parallel to Michigan football from the Super Bowl, catch the bet. I'm glad Alex isn't here because he keeps getting pissed that I correlate everything back to Michigan football, which I'm guilty of doing so. But watching this game from my living room on TV, I kept thinking to myself, I think this is how outside fans, not of the two teams, viewed the Rose Bowl between Michigan and Alabama, where it was, it ended up being thrilling action but it was a grind to get there and it was really sloppy like I almost put the shoes of like Michigan was the Niners and Alabama was the Chiefs and the only difference in the outcomes of the game was that Mahomes is so much better than Jalen Milrow in his respective sport we're like parallels Niners dominated the trenches Michigan dominated the trenches in the first half you felt like the Niners should have been more up more at half Michigan should have been up more at half Niners muffed a punt. Michigan muffed multiple punts. Um, like, it it was, like, the same th- – I was, like, watching the script of how it went, and then it just turned out that Mahomes was just better when it came – oh, and the Moody missed a uh, – blocked a kick. Michigan missed a kick. Like, it was special teams blunders left and right, like, where I was like, oh, Michigan's the Niners, is Niners. Chiefs are Alabama. Mahomes just won the game at the end, as opposed to Milrow getting stuff in overtime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially early on in that game, it looked like it looked like Kansas City would just be a duck that gets shot in the pond because I mean San Francisco was just so aggressive and Kansas City couldn't move the ball, couldn't run the ball. Pacheco was pissing his pants the whole game with those fumbles, even the fumble that they recovered still. But I mean, Patrick can just overwhelm anybody, even with his casts, especially with Kelsey big in the second half finally showing up. When he threw the when Mahomes threw the pick out of half, that's when I was like, "Oh, I think my bets are going to lose." I didn't. I thought that was the play. Again, prove us wrong. Like he credit to him for coming back. But then again, 
coming back, they were gifted their touchdown that was off a guy's heel, tried to pick up by Ray Ray McLeod. So it really, like, I'd be sick if I was a Niners fan and just completely tell myself if we don't muff that punt, we win the game. Because oh, yeah. I'm looking at the, the play drives now, and it was like interception, punt, punt, punt. There were so many punts in this game, which from a betting side also pissed me off because I was on the uh, Hank Lockwood special of any punt to be a touchback, mm-hmm. and we just kept getting robbed. And there was a million punts and just couldn't oh, yeah. get that over the line. That, that Chris Conley down at the one definitely hurt you. Down at the one. And then the one before that where the guy fielded it on the five. Like, whatever happened yeah. to heels on the ten, don't move backwards. We're just fielding punts on the five. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So credit to the Chiefs for figuring it out and getting some lucky breaks. Didn't it fit? Yeah, doesn't it feel like Mahomes has made a deal with the devil sometimes when you look at the last two Super Bowls and the way momentum shifted? Like, Jalen Hurts, that mind-boggling play where he had the ball and started to scramble and just dropped it and it ended up being I forget who returned it uh, I think one of the linebackers and then this year the muff punt and momentum just flipped both times and you I feel like on both of those plays that's when I felt really good about my Chiefs bet is when they muffed that putt you you just knew the next play was going to be a touchdown and it was and from that point it just seemed like the 49ers couldn't get any momentum yeah Football's stupid. Like thinking about the playoffs yeah. and all the like the the margins. I heard someone yeah. say it was like the only game. I'm sure I'm missing one, but the main game you could think of this postseason that wasn't decided by like one or two fl- crazy plays was the Packers just blitzing Dallas. Like every other yeah. game, yeah. you could argue at times like play goes this way. Things Zay Flowers doesn't fumble, reaching for the goal line. Maybe they win. It's just that's just so stupid how football is, and that happened to the Niners in this game. I'm just glad it didn't come down to like uh, a flag or some or anything, honestly, because that discourse ran all off season. I mean, primarily me, just because I was a Chiefs hater <laughs> against the Eagles. I'll be honest, um, but it was just nice to see nothing really came from the refs, and it was kind of just decided on the field, and the Chiefs won it. So, right, looking at, uh, I mean. That Miko Hardman first catch, that deep ball. Oh. I don't know if my heart's ever sank deeper Connor. because I thought I had it. I thought I had it. And when I saw – oh, my God. Just the deep ball to Miko Hardman just reminds me of Tyreek Hill or even MBS in Green Bay. You just think it's a touchdown, but you got tracked down. Of course, it was the last touchdown. That was the correct bet, not first. And then instantly, I'm just – uh. Idiot trying to do football brain. Oh, maybe they'll throw to him again. Maybe they'll throw to Noah yeah. Gray now. They're not throwing to those guys after the play, Grant. Like, that was the moment. And they fumbled with Pacheco. I'm like, this is yeah. stupid. Especially just CMC being the first touchdown. Like, how many people actually are going to – what was his first touchdown? It was probably plus 500. I think it's like, so it's like CMC. 325, I think. Yeah, it's like, that's not fun. We're all no, betting no. either the, the Jawan Jennings – the Clyde Edwards Alaires or the Michael Hardmans of the world. Vegas made so much money on that. I did not bet Clyde Edwards Alaire on anything. I didn't even realize he still played in the NFL. <laughs> I, I had him as last touchdown. I was very sad to see him not even get on the field in the game, I, really. I had Ayuk last touchdown, and when he streaked across on that third and four or whatever, he was wide open in the back of the end zone, but Chris Jones just got home. I, would, I mean, my heart just sank. Was, that was a chance, and we lost. It was plus 1,000 I added that. So mm. it is what it is. I mean, but, um, first punt to be a fair catch was electric. I love that. That was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, I bet the um, the opening kickoff to be anything but a 
fair catch or touchback, which is probably really, I don't know if they've ever even brought it out since the Devin Esther return, but I was really hoping that was the one. <laughs> but go ahead. Heads, heads beating out the tails was pretty electric too. Yeah, that um, was great. I'm, I'm curious, Grant, how you're, my, my biggest takeaway, honestly, all I thought about today is I feel a, a lot better about the Lions, at least. I, I know a lot of people ran with the discourse last night, and Antonio Brown tweeted, was like, the Lions will be up 35 to 10. I don't really like to play that game because you don't know how the game would play out if the Lions were in that position. But yeah, I at least feel better knowing I, – I feel confident that Dan Campbell is probably the best head coach in the NFC um, after watching Shanahan blow another double-digit lead in the Super Bowl and just what came out of the overtime. And it just seems like whenever whenever they can't run the ball or something in a system doesn't work, play calling gets really sketchy. Uh, I mean, Kittle had like two catches for four yards last night. That is That was shocking. Um, and it, it's just at least knowing that the Lions didn't go out and make a huge move at the deadline like a Chase Young. They – don't make a ton of moves in free agency, like big swings. And that's kind of what the Chiefs have done. They've they've really built through the draft, and they know when to move on from a guy, when not to. And they're, the Chiefs follow the Patriots playbook a lot in that aspect. So it's nice to see that Brad Holmes is doing a lot of the same things the Chiefs are. So I guess I'm curious, like, how you if, – if you thought about that at all. But that's, that's where I felt, just because it, it sucked that the Lions weren't in it. So you can only talk about the Chiefs so much. I think a couple things that I thought like live during the game, I was having fun tweeting like all oh, lines would dust these teams like jokingly just for the reactions. But I think it made me appreciate our offensive line a little bit more. Mahomes was running for his life and we definitely blocked their front better than the chiefs did. And a lot of people hold the chiefs offensive line in the same tier as the Lions. And I think after seeing the two games, I'd put the lines like a little bit of above tier because they Jared didn't have to scramble like that. Two, and a stupid point, but I felt better about Jameer Gibbs's fumble watching CMC do it yeah. and Pacheco do it. So I felt like a little. I, you're not gonna like hate, hold it over his head, but I was like, all right, like reminder, like CMC fumbles in the Super Bowl too. But I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we had our share of fluke plays, which those teams did as well. But I feel like overall, like our discipline was better like there was some it's so hard to say like talk about discipline with the lions when they did have some blunders in the most recent half we watched them play but i feel like that was an outlier i feel like over the course of a year they're just more disciplined like less false starts um they handle the ball went better that they protect the ball again most times not the most recent half we watched them play so i did feel better it was nice too going to the coaching point as well related to the lions is that the Niners were fourth and three on the 15 down a field goal and they chose to go for it. And that was even like riskier. I, I would say than the lions one because the lions yeah. was going to be like a 50 yard field goal that the Niners would have had like a chip shot, like 30 yards. And so that kind of hopefully put some people to rest about Dan's just a psychopath, like hitting on a 19 and blackjack, like Kyle Shanahan, again, he blew the lead, but like made the same decision to go for it. Yeah, and it worked. So everyone's like, oh, nice call because it worked. Like people just play the results. So, yeah, I felt better. Like I feel like we're not going anywhere. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be teams like Connor's team that rise that you don't expect to have to deal with. The Vikings, I with Kirko, if he's back, like they're never 
going to be a slouch. There's just, I mean, there's going to be contenders that are playing out for it, but I mean, we play any team in the NFC at home. I feel good about us winning the football game. Yeah. And we, it was just we nice to watch it. It was nice to watch the Super Bowl and think like I could actually see the Lions here and like competing in this game when like three years ago, if you imagine the Lions on that stage versus the Chiefs, it, it'd be like a 42 7 blowout. Um, but it, it's nice to at least have the confidence going into next year. And obviously the schedule is what it is, but to at least know, I think we have the two and I, I know we've known this, but I, I guess I left that game feeling better about Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell as the guys to lead us for the next five, 10 years. I guess we'll see how it plays out, but yeah, we just got to clean up our defense, which we all know. Like I think our offense yeah. is a Super Bowl caliber unit and I think our defense has a little bit of work to get there. Yeah. Who's the Lions' key, like, offseason? Are they going to be there or not, free agents? Um, probably Graham Glasgow, if we're being totally honest. It's just the right guard. Is Anzalone yeah. going to be on? No, we, we yeah. extended – we signed him a couple – maybe last year I think we gave him a bigger contract, like a three-year deal. Uh, Jonah Jackson, I think. Yeah, um, the two guards. really big. Really, it's just are we going to start – we have to start extending our big boys is where the money's going to go because they're yeah. all eligible. Like and Taylor Panay Decker's. And, and Aminra are both eligible for extensions. And Taylor Decker's going in. This will be his last year of his contract next year, um, which obviously Evan will want, want him gone. So right. I guess we'll see. <laughs> from, a, from a Packers fan's perspective, you know, like looking at the Lions' future, what they are now, I mean, it's pretty exciting because, you know, it's pretty much been Packer dominated. You know, obviously Minnesota comes in, wins the division a few times, Chicago, but there wasn't really a true rivalry um, in when, you know, splitting every year. But I mean, I'm looking at the Lions right now, and I think this could be a great rivalry for the next 10 years, especially depending on what you do with golf, if you re-sign him or Hooker or get the right next quarterback, because I feel very confident with love that, you know, we can keep it competitive with Detroit. So I just think year in, year out, it's going to be a, tough dog race i can see you know both these teams making the playoffs every single year you know looking at minnesota obviously with kirk if kirk gets that bag they're pretty frightening chicago i'm never going to believe until i see it happen even if they get caleb williams i'm still going to say yeah he's going to be a bust um (laughs) more than likely if he's in chicago he's not going to be a good quarterback he probably will be though um but i I think it's just a two-head race i mean vikings are especially on defense have huge question marks every single year, but if Kirk's there, they're going to be able to put up points every game. So it's going to be an exciting next decade. I, th- I think I feel better about extending golf too, because I saw the stat last night that I know that a lot of, a lot of people in the media run with the agenda that you always want to get a quarterback on a rookie deal so you can s- save money there and spend the rest of it on a team. And most of the times I'd have to agree with that, but nine of the last 10 Super Bowl champions were teams with a quarterback, not on a rookie deal. And I know obviously three of those are Mahomes and that's special uh, Tom Brady sprinkled in there, but it, you, you, you kind of went into this whole Jared Goff situation thinking, I don't know if I really want to spend $40 million on Jared Goff, but w- when there's alternatives out there, but it, it's nice to know, like there's a lot more that goes into it. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is special, but I I think we can afford to pay him that money and we need to pay him that money. And we obviously will. Um, we're not going to go with Hennon Hooker and another guy next year, especially with this roster. But 
it's nice to see that it doesn't always need to be a quarterback on a rookie deal to have a, a super special guy like that. Connor, I appreciate you you getting all excited about this new rivalry, but I hate your guts for that because this was <laughs> supposed to be our time when we were like the Patriots that Wilkins rooted for when we have the crappy Dolphins, the crappy Bills, the Nathan Peterman Bills, the um, – who's the other team? Uh, the Jets. The yeah. you know That's what this division was supposed <laughs> to be. And Jordan Love, we just got to deal with him, which is fine. He's, he's number three on my QB rankings. It might be a little biased, but no, I believe. Come on. Yes, he is. There's only two quarterbacks I'd rather have on my team, and it's Mahomes and Burrow. Come on. When I say that straight face. I'm, I've been a love guy since the, before we drafted him. I just – when I saw last year, I don't, I, I don't think there's any way I could leave him out of a top five race. <laughs> Numbers-wise and the way he progressed in the second half, I think the future is bright. I get he, obviously. Yeah, how long is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my top fifteen. Because right. you you mentioned it, I wasn't like, all right, like Connor, don't give it to us. But then now you got you're you're a great showman. You said <laughs> I, I got need, love. I need to hear it. Yeah, you're like I got love three. And I'm like, all right, f- just tell me the whole thing now. All right, Mahomes, Burrow are my top two. Then I have okay. Jordan, Josh Allen, Lamar. Herbert, Stroud, Dak. Okay, my top seven are pretty definitive. You love 50. over Stroud. Oh, my God, this is juicy. Without a, que- without a question, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like four spots. Without yes. a question. <laughs> He's um, got love over Lamar Jackson, the rating MVP. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Lamar may have the MVPs, but if I'm yeah. going to have a quarterback who I think can get me to the Super Bowl, I'd rather have Jordan Love. Wait, wait, wait. All so right. can I say this? Is, is this – because I like to know the context because I can change his argument. You're not going to get much saying, context here because it's pretty mixed. Are you saying this uh, is like a snapshot into next season or is this like starting a team because you're banking on Jordan Love's young age? Uh, I'd say actually starting a team either way I'd want Love. Um, <laughs> Lamar was is the worst MVP and that was the worst. No, no, I'm just saying for the whole like for the whole season. season. 24 touchdowns CJ Stroud's a little spicy though. I mean, I'm just saying the whole list. Their numbers the are really list. similar. And uh, okay, anyways, Stroud at seven, Dak, Stafford, Hertz, Kurt Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Kyler. You say that. Over Goff. Start from the. Uh, sorry, after Stroud again. I have Dak at eight, Stafford nine, Hertz ten, Captain Kirk, Goff, T Law, Tua, Kyler. But like I All said, right, eight, so... eight through fifteen are very uh, right. Mix and match Fluid. between. I don't know if I'd rather go the best right now or who I'd rather start my team. Because if it's start my team, Trevor would probably be eight or nine. Question about a certain player and what you wait, Mister Connor. <laughs> between, so I think if I maybe I misheard you, but you're talking about like Lamar, Jordan Love. I'm guessing there's some playoff bias coming in there where you know one player hasn't been able to get the job done. One burst onto the scene. And got yeah. a win. Where does that factor in with Dak and Jared Goff? Because that yeah. to me is a pretty big like regular season king versus a guy who has proven to win in the playoffs. I think just at that point, I would say I'd rather start my team at Dak. Like I said, eight through eight through fifteen, I really don't have a basis for. It's more just looking at a list and thinking names who I'd rather be my quarterback in this point in time. But I mean, Jared, Goff, the thing with Goff is yes, he's great because he's white. I'm you say it. <laughs> 
Dak's cool. That's not. Dak's got but swag. Dak had a great regular season. Um, like, I think it's just how just, golf moves in the pocket. It might yep. be like Stafford, Kirk, and golf. Just like they look. Yeah, they're all white, and they all throw you the ball the same. I mean, they're just you the see same too much of yourself in them. You see too much of yourself in them. <laughs> but the important, I mean, the top seven are, is really just my list. There, I think I might even put. I think there's a chance Stroud can move up in there, but I, I thought I'm pretty good. I'm about to that. say love better than Burrow. Thank God we're still on the rails. <laughs> I'm just, love's still behind Burrow until he gets to a Super Bowl. I'm not going to put him up there yet. Uh, Mahomes will never switch from one, but. Question, Connor. Yes. <laughs> so this was. I don't, am, I, am I crazy for thinking love? Do you guys think he's a top 10 quarterback? Yeah. Sure. But like, again, okay, so that's why I want to. Well, I guess it depends on what you. Yeah. Sorry, this is technically his like rookie year. I know he's he sat he through for thirty one and twelve with all first and second year receivers. It's not like he was twenty five and thirteen. I mean, he had the throughout the entire season he threw for the most touchdowns, including postseason. Yeah, I just want to stay big picture, not to go worst case, but as happens in sports, there's a reason there's a term sophomore slump. Let's say he goes through it a little bit next year. Interceptions go up a little bit. Like that's where it's hard for me to put him so high because there's I need oh, I so much that. more information about Jordan Love. No, I like, think that's fair. I mean, after next year, if you can do the same thing, I'll have him definitively there. But you know, I've I've just been I've been a big Love guy since like right when we drafted him. I thought he'd be the guy, so I'm backing him. And I mean, he hasn't proved me wrong yet, and I still believe in him at number three. And that's just where I feel. I mean, Josh Allen's very scary to me. He's Josh Allen, I can see you putting Josh Allen over Love. Those are three and four, but I'm not. I would rather have Love than Lamar. I, I'm not a big Lamar guy. Super Bowl winning wise, you're going to be competitive and fun every year. I just, I would rather have Jordan. I think I just thing- still have the taste of of Jordan Love in that first Lions Packers primetime game, and I I don't tune into the Packers every week. I'll be honest, his second half was impressive for the season, but just some of those. What did he throw? Two or three picks in that game at Lambeau. Yeah, and he's had twenty. He went twenty-one and one the last ten weeks of the year. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, some of the throws that, he can make are special. Yeah. So. The only thing I'll say that still keeps me skeptical is from the bits I saw six, the Dallas six game. Six best MVP odds right now, by the way. <laughs> he was a lot of your receivers in the Dallas game were just wide open. Like I, I could make the throws. So credit to the team. Also, but, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, love he, he can manage the pocket really well. I mean, San Francisco obviously looked a little like Rodgers choking at the end of that game, but until uh, the fourth, he was good. So I just – obviously, we need a lot more time to read it out, but this is just where I would want to start my team off with and where I value him. I appreciate that for you. I appreciate it for the show because it's going to make a great clip. There's going to be a lot of discourse around Jordan Love, <laughs> the third best QB in the entire NFL. <laughs> it's going to be good stuff. Um, but yeah. Thanks, Connor, for bringing that. Of course. <laughs> random, random fun fact. When we were watching this game, Evan goes, where did Fred Warner go to school? And I immediately, I don't know why I know this. He, he went to BYU. And he was like, well, when was he there? Fred Warner played at Spartan Stadium. He, he was on the, I think it was 2017 or 2018, the 3-9 mm-hmm. year, when we lost to BYU 31-14 at home to Taysom Hill. Wow, really? Just a crazy fact to think that Fred Warner is pretty wild. Yeah, played ball in East Lansing, and then became the best linebacker in the NFL. He's got one of the best like jawlines, beard looks of all time in sports and society. He he looks yeah, he looks like a Greek sculpture of a human when his helmet is off. It's like God. 
I mean, he's no, he's no Killian Hayes, but he's a hot dude. You're right, Fred Warner's Floyd. I'd rank him above <laughs> Killian Hayes. Um, Cody, just a little bit about the whole Pats comparison. I still – so I'll give my piece, and then I'm curious how you see it. You were kind of in the weeds of the Patriots dynasty. So I think – I understand why people are comparing them, and I do – like I can easily close my eyes and see a world where Mahomes surpasses them. And I'm willing to say, like, if you want to make the argument, he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. That's fine. Like, in terms of physical gifts and throwing the football, yeah, it's more impressive than watching Brady play. But in terms of, like, GOAT and everything, I don't – I feel like we're still getting ahead of ourselves because it's jarring that Brady went 10 years without winning one. And he still has to go at least four more, which is daunting. And, again, he's young. He's 28, but – I'm not ready to just be like, oh, yeah, he's for sure going to get there. Like, I don't know. Sports are crazy. He could suffer a bad injury or maybe his teams fall off. And you look at how close to t- all the Super Bowls he's been in have. has he, He's come back in, like, all of them. What if those start flipping the other way and he loses three in a row? Then what? Yeah. I mean, at the start of the game, I, I really thought to myself, this is exactly how every Patriots Super Bowl played out. They always came out slow. I don't know what it was. They always had to do something in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter just played out how they did. Um, I think it's – yeah, it's. I think it's still too early. Obviously, media is going to run with it. But this happened early with Brady. Even after he won his fourth, there was still so much Brady versus Montana talk. And I think that didn't even end until he won six. He had to get two more than Montana to even – have an argument in that discussion. Um, it's it's just so hard era to era because I I can say if you say like Mahomes is the best quarterback in this generation and Brady was the best of his generation, it's tough because and, and I appreciate Mahomes saying this that you know we played each other in a Super Bowl and he beat me, so Brady always has that card in his back pocket. Um, but I don't know. It's it's it feels like he has to win at least two more to to be close to feel like like MJ versus LeBron in my head but for me personally and I thought about this today I would like to see him play win one without Andy Reid at some point in his career just because Brady did um because it's just it would be nice to see how much of it how much of Mahomes career can correlate to Andy Reid Andy Reid I think like where does he rank now and among head coaches in the GOAT conversation too it's it's just obviously like every every great is going to have great players and great coaches. I just think to see like what Brady did that late in his career, I need to see Mahomes do maybe something similar. Not saying he has to play until he's forty six because I don't think he will, but uh, it it would be nice to see him do it with with somebody else at some point. Well, he'll get a chance too because Reed's not going to be there. I don't think for another five years. Yeah, I don't know. They said today that, or they said I saw a story yesterday. That they said they ex- they expected him win or lose yesterday to get an extension. Now, when you say extension, I don't know how long, um, and who knows like how much the truth there is to that. But Andy Reid's one of those guys that I think all he enjoys is football. So, Jeez, I think he'll coach until he like legitimately can't. But I guess we'll see. It 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 would just be like his his play calling is so good in big games that. It just 
Like I, I would love. Sometimes there's there's guys that are so open in these in these games in these Super Bowls that a lot of quarterbacks can make the throws. Obviously, Mahomes special, but I, I would just like to see that at some point in his career to definitively say, like, if he gets seven and wins one without with Matt Andy Reid, he wins it with Nagy. He's the go. If he wins it with Matt Nagy, if he wins one more with and then Matt Nagy's head coach, <laughs> he's, he's the go. <laughs> I thought I had Cody when you're talking about the players. I do know this: when Kelsey retires, inevitably they need to find him another sick tight end fast because, like, you think about Gronk was always on Brady's hip for like those last four or so, even when he followed him to Tampa. Like, I think having that go-to tight end is going to be huge. Brady had the benefit of like finding his towards the end when. Gronk still had years left, but we know Kelsey is not going to outlast Mahomes' career, so he's going to need to find someone fast to be his buddy through those. Um, I don't know the back half of his career. Yeah, it's also it is impressive too to see him do it with like similar wide receivers to what Tom was doing it with. Obviously, they both have their tight end, but someone like the one one of the Super Bowls was like Malcolm Mitchell, who was out of the league after three years. Edelman and Amendola, Chris Hogan, who was a lacrosse player. Mm. And it, it feels like the same story with Mahomes this year. Obviously, like Rasheed Rice was nice towards the end, but Marque- Marquez Valdez-Scantling hasn't really had much of a career other than being a deep ball guy. I mean, Sky Moore didn't even take a snap yesterday, which is shocking. All mm. the drama with Kadarius Tony, But I don't know. I, th- I think it would be really fun to see, like, if Chris Jones does leave, what happens to the defense – um, but it's it, it has been cool to see them win three different ways, kind of the same way the Patriots were doing it throughout their dynasty. Yeah. Um, to wrap us out here when it comes to this big game entertainment side of things, I think I said on a few shows ago that I've leaned into the whole Taylor Swift situation. I think it's entertaining. And I was thinking about this too, if I was like going to get in an argument with someone about it. Like we talk about, the, the argument on the other side would be like, oh, I'm here for football. It's like, well, when it comes to the Super Bowl, like 35% of the entire TV, honestly more, like 55% of the entire TV production is about entertainment. Like when they have Post Malone seeing God Bless America, like that's entertainment. That's not about football. You have all the theatrics. So I thought I was entertained by it. Every time they showed her, there was like new people standing by her. And I kept being like, wait, who's that? Who's that celebrity? Like I thought it was fun. And also – you're going to show Blake Lively. I'm always down for that. Mm-hmm. Big fan of her work since the Gossip Girl days. Just awesome hairstyle, too. I think the, I think the 80s hairstyle is back. I remember Miley Cyrus <laughs> at the Grammys. And now yeah. Blake Lively doing the, the big curly like blowout hair. Like That's pretty cool. So I was, I was invested. Ice Spice, I had heard of one of her songs, but I was introduced <laughs> to Ice Spice, too. And I was like, oh, good for her in the box. I didn't know who Lana Del Rey was. I didn't know what she looked like. I knew who what? she was. I didn't know who she okay. looked like. And then Marissa's like, that's Lana Del Rey. I was like, no way. That's what she looks like. Um, so she was only, yeah. Taylor was only 57 seconds of total screen time, too. I think just during the year, I think it made me more upset than usual. Somebody somebody on TikTok made a good point. Uh, a girl brought this up and said if if Travis Kelsey was dating Sydney Sweeney and they panned to the box the same amount of times, would guys complain as much as they do? And I was like, yeah, it's probably a fair point for most of America. So it, and, it's over. No- even if you don't like it, you, anyone can admit that it's better than seeing Jackson Mahomes, which we used to a couple of years oh, ago absolutely. in the Chiefs games. Like, this is way better. Way better. Yeah, I think panning to Jackson and Brittany 
going crazy in the box made me more mad than Taylor has. So it's it's somewhat of a win. But Taylor Swift is spoiled. She, she's a fan for one year, and she wins the Super Bowl. So that, on a walk off touchdown she too. Was, yeah, she was an Eagles off. fan. So that feels like that oh. that one. That feels like every kid that was a Michigan and Lions fan this year, and it was their first year actually playing <laughs> football. Just so spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, halftime show. I thought I was. I thought the roller skating part was cool. I appreciated that. Um, I don't know how you forget or choose not to play DJ Got His Fallen in Love Again. So that's a miss. That upset me. Yeah, it upset me too, Connor. I'm glad we shared that. Really <laughs> Just play upsetting. that song. That's the only song so, I love by him. Yep. They did. Yeah. Least- well. Yeah. yeah, Alicia oh, Keys yeah. missed a missed a note bad when she started singing, but she recovered. That felt a little weird when when he kind of hugged her on stage. Felt bad yeah. for Swiss Beats. Um, no Bieber, and Bieber was heavily rumored that he he was in Vegas. He was at Michael Rubin's party. He was at the game at one point, so that felt like a miss that he didn't bring him out as well. But Lil John and Ludacris were good. Yeah, I also kept thinking too how much cooler that show would have been if it was like the Atlanta Super Bowl, like with Luda ATL and all that. Like, I think that would have been awesome. Yeah. We said, we said last night that they should have had Ludacris drop out of the sky. Like he did for that one Falcons game uh, late in the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good Um, good show though. Good halftime show. Yeah. All around. I mean, I'm not sure there was any other, Big moments. Uh, shout out to Andy Reid for the viral clip of "How about that D, baby?" That's just mm-hmm. good stuff from Andy Reid. Just give the internet what they want. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think too. I think we could safely say Te- Temu. I always pronounce it Temu. I think Temu won the night. I think Ford. they paid for three, four Super Bowl ads using everybody's credit card numbers. But um, I think they sold everybody's information. But I don't know how they afforded that. But I don't, I don't know. know. Great jingle too. Great song. Yeah. That was the only commercials that really stuck out, I feel like, besides the Brady and Ben Affleck one for Duncan. I had the only ones like I really remembered was the Mayo one with that stupid little cat just meowing and they thought it was saying Mayo. The Popeyes <laughs> commercial with Ken Jong at the beginning. Oh yeah. And fun. then the Deadpool ad, because very excited for Deadpool versus Wolverine. But those are like the oh, I bet you really are. I am. But only those three were the only ones that really stood out to me. So I'm, I think there was a Mountain Dew commercial, but I missed it. I don't know if you guys saw a Mountain Dew commercial. There was a Baja Blast commercial. Okay. And then there was a Doritos commercial uh, with the two. Uh, they were getting like rolling out the Dorito sticks. Yeah. The two older grandmas like like, just chasing it. Yeah. Oh, really? Those are probably going to be good. Outside of that, I the Volkswagen the Volkswagen ad was a little weird because it was talking about like the history from the 1940s and, and Volkswagen was was born through Hitler. So that mm-hmm. that felt like a that felt like something you didn't really need to run in a Super Bowl ad. The Kanye ad was pretty funny too. I don't know if you guys saw that one where he he said he spent all his money on getting the ad, so he just recorded it on like like via FaceTime basically. So it was just a vertical ad of him saying that everything on his store was, was 20 bucks. Um, so <laughs> I did not see that. You, right. just, you can't cancel that man, I guess, but um, Christopher Walken ad, I thought was kind of funny. The BMW, I think it was a car commercial. Yeah. And, and Usher was in it at the end. And we were wondering 
if he was going to come out in the same outfit, and he did. It was the same outfit he wore in the commercial, like the, that really? big white robe thing. Yeah. So that was a that was a cool little callback. He was in two ads then, because I'm pretty sure he was in the Uber Eats one. Yep. Cash and checks. A lot of uh, there was also a lot of Dan Marino. Um, yeah, there was. Early, Dan Marino right? and Lionel Messi in an ad yes. was, was pretty funny. And there was there, there's a last thing about the game. There was a pretty funny tweet that uh, Juwan Jennings has, I think, either the same or one more touchdown in Super Bowls than Dan Marino does. So wow. what a cruel sport football is. It's tough. <laughs> but, hey, at least, you know, Dan's been to a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on your end, Connor, from Super Bowl 58, I think it was? I mean, I think that's a pretty wrap. I'm just, I know it's like we are the farthest in point time away from the season starting, but I'm just excited again. I'm just, I can't wait for the Packers to be back, football in general. Uh, How do you guys like the score bug, the new CBS score bug? Hated it. Hated it? It was just, it was just indifferent. Like it didn't, I it honestly was so bland. I didn't have any emotions about it. I think they used aerial font. On the, as the letters, yeah, I like I like the like uh, I didn't like the score um, scoreboard in general with the bug, but I like the presentation around it, like announcing the players on the stats wise. But I thought it was just it looked like something if you're watching a high school live stream, it kind of looked like that. So I wasn't too fond of it. I'll just never get over how they don't finish the season with the same one. Like they have to change it for the biggest game of the year. I, just, so I love it. I love how every new scoreboard is. Like, every, if it's, that's, that's one of my favorite things I look to do every year. Is just, you would. Do you stick out? This, the new scoreboard introduced the Super Bowl every single year. And it's just, I forget about time. it until I see it. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Like vibes are already off. This isn't the CBS well, I'm they, used to. They leaked one and it was a different scoreboard. So I was kind of hoping because the original leak was supposed to look just like NBC's, but. Next year, oh. we get a new Fox one. Romo, Tony. Yeah, let's just say, how about him ruining an all-time Jim Nance call at the end? Ruined it, soiled it, and good analysis, but like not the time, Tony. Not the time yeah. to talk about the play. Talk about it when they replay it. Don't just start talking about the play that Andy Reid saved for two months for this moment as we're watching celebration shots. Yeah, yeah, that was. I didn't know that was tough. Time, Me either. You know what's crazy too is next. Just think about next year in football. The number one Fox crew is expected to be Tom Brady. Yeah, that's so probably. Sick, I, was, I think. I think we're going to be a little spoiled though because I feel like we have quite a few Fox games, so we might get Greg Olson in a lot of games. I think he's my favorite football commentator nowadays. So, but so that's something to look forward to. Connor, I know you said I know you said there's a long time until football. Combine's in like two weeks. Yeah, and even off, the draft. Se- off season's already here. So what's the draft chance that either, Detroit? Either of you two go to the draft? Oh, we're already we're already planning yeah. it. I think yeah, just the first night. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Probably would be what it would be if we get Friday off. Yeah. Um. All right, Michigan State hoops. Let's transition into that. Connor, you were at the game. I was, yes. Were, the, uh, uh, were you part of the Terrence Shannon chance? That's what I was going to get into right away. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking there was a chance that, yeah, we're going to be a little bit aggressive with Terrence. But, like, when the first time he was at the free throw line and we, I just looked to my right, people are screaming, no means no. It's pretty wild. 
I mean, I did. I actually did not join in, even though I. I mean, it's not a good thing to like just say out loud. It, it was a really unique situation. Because made you uncomfortable. Like, it was. It, it's an awful situation, but I feel like at the same time we're kind of like making light of what happened. Either way, then the second chant was lock him up. I mean, the boo. All that really had nothing to do with the game because Terrence Shannon could do whatever he wanted against us, driving the ball or shooting threes. Uh, but looking towards the Michigan State perspective of it, A.J. Hogard plays like that every night. There's no reason we can't make a Final Four run. I mean, I said before the game, hey, A.J. Hogard legacy game went by eight. What happened? He was pretty dang good. Uh, he was able to make a three, which was nice. I mean, every game that Malik Hall has been playing, if he has a post-prep presence, it's going to be fun, especially when we don't have a center who knows how to catch a ball or even a balloon. Uh, Izzo was... I love that game for Tom because I've been getting really upset with him lately, just sitting every game. And it's just so stale and boring. Our offense can't do anything, but he was really fired up that game. He was up and at him yelling. I love to see that. Um, looking at the core four with Tyson played great. Aikens had a few big shots, even though he got teed up. AJ and Malik, I mean, they're a really fun core four to watch, even though there's a great chance that our entire starting five is going to be gone next year. So if I'm previewing next year's season, I'm saying we're screwed and the tournament streak might end unless a couple people stay. Building off of that, I'm looking – I'm still not all the way back. Every single week I'm like, okay, I might be back in. That was a win Smart that was man. necessary. Um, but I'm if we can beat Penn State, beat Michigan on the road, I'm officially back into thinking, okay, second weekend, so it's what's going to happen. No, Connor, set the bar higher. Hey, 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 I still have more to speak on. Uh, beat Penn State, beat Michigan. Okay, we can be a second weekend team. But then you win four in a row. Just, sorry, in, I, it's hard for me to get past those two teams or the teams that are holding. No, just let me speak. That's the bar. Like no, those no, teams no. are bad. Getting a nice win streak going because usually what we fail to do is win an easy road game after a big, powerful home win. So I need to see us beat Penn State, where they've caused some mayhem at times. If Michigan just beat Wisconsin, it's a rivalry game. Nothing's guaranteed. But win those two games, you beat uh, Iowa and Ohio State at home. They'll put you at 19-9 and fully back in Final Four push. Because you're going to lose to Purdue. I'm not a, there's no chance of me that's thinking we're going to beat Purdue on the road. Connor, you can't that's tell 30, me you went through that whole thing. And like, that's a 34-point loss. If you guys can't contend with Purdue on the road, I don't know how you're convincing yourself of a Final Four. Purdue, I mean, why not? Purdue's built to win the regular season. It's a Saturday night game. Not many teams can go in the country and win at Mackey on a Saturday night. I'm, I'm not saying you have to win. I'm saying it's got to be like Lions at the Cowboys level of just we're in this thing. Like we and if could we, win and this. If, if we win our next four games, I will say, hey, 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 maybe we can get it done. Then I'll talk myself <laughs> back down saying that's not going to happen. But Purdue is the only game that we should realistically lose the rest of the year. We're going to be favored in every other game, even probably at Bloomington because they're kind of not great. Purdue will probably be favored to lose by 10. But if we can finish the year, what would that be? 21 and 10, win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, you're probably sitting around the five or six seed, which is realistically a great spot for us to be in, especially the six seed I like a lot more because I don't want to be a five or four and then play at UConn. I mean, play UConn in the Sweet 16 or Kansas or Houston. I don't like that, even though usually the defending champ loses on or loses early. So I'm really hoping we can get that sixth seed. Um, but yeah, I'll turn it over to you guys. What are your thoughts, Cody, on this big Michigan State win? How does that look going forward? 
I'll be honest. Earlier in the week, I told after the Minnesota game, I told Grant, I told Alex, I said, you know what? I, I can't. I just can't watch another minute of this team. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I've boycotted them before, and then football ends, and I just can't stay away. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's like it's like ice cream for me. Like sometimes, like even if you're dieting, I can't stay away from ice cream. It's it's just I I am addicted to them. It it makes me mad every time I watch a game. But you just knew they were going to win this game. It just felt like it. It's classic Izzo in February. Um, it was nice to see AJ play like the player he thought he could be, but it's just still so frustrating that a four-year guard, he t- he tweets the, the note-taking thing at the start of the year about how he wasn't a preseason Big Ten watch list or whatever it was. And it took until February to get this level of play from AJ Hogard on both ends of the floor. I mean, Tyson Walker, like, deserves everything from this university, playing through a groin injury in that game. It's been really fun to watch Aikens. It's just still so frustrating to watch our bigs. Like, there's just there's nobody that's worth anything. And Xavier Booker's just not there yet. But, I mean, even even Jackson Kohler, like, I, I don't even really like watching him. I think Carson Cooper's probably my favorite big. He yeah, just seems like he plays. On Jackson. Yeah. Um but I, I don't know. I, I think what will what will really get me back in, I think they obviously they need to beat Penn State and Michigan, but I'd like to see them beat somebody of a little bit higher caliber on the road because they always look like this. They've looked like this at the Breslin all year. I mean, they beat Indiana State earlier in the year, who's now ranked. Really? That's a really good basketball team. They they just beat Illinois. They they always look so good at home. They beat Butler, who's like playing really well in the Big East at home. Thank you, Cody. Like almost 20 points. But it's just anytime they go on the road, it's a different basketball team. And when you get into neutral sites, like who knows where we're going to get drawn. I feel like AJ is a little bit of a frontrunner to where he like, he'll he like sag back on Big Ten road games throughout the year, and then he really steps it up and turns it up a notch when it comes to March and it matters. But sometimes it, I feel like it's too little too late. So I, I'm still not back in. I'm still probably going to watch because I'm a sicko. Um, oh shit! You're but watch. you can't give up. On yeah, it, yeah. Football's over, so now I have to. But I, I really think what would get me all the way back in is Izzo needs to wear suits again. He needs yes. to bring back the suit. And shout out to Suit Man on Twitter. He just changed his name to Suit Man. He was he's been Chop Man, Milk Man, one of the MSU Twitter guys. <laughs> Every day he's been waking up and tweeting something about why Izzo needs to bring back the suits, and. I don't know. I just, just for vibes, it, it would feel better. It feels like he's getting a little too casual on the nice, fun neon green quarter zips. As much as it looked awesome, and I scoured the internet to buy one, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think he, we need to bring back. We need to bring back some grit. <clears throat> and I know Alex and Evan talked about this last week on the show, but I don't. I'm just not the assistant coaching. It just seems like guys haven't developed at all. Uh, so I, I need to see. Obviously, I don't want to go go into next year like too quickly, but it does make me a little bit nervous knowing that this team didn't reach its full potential, and we're going to lose our best best player, probably two best players. And I don't know; I'm a little nervous for the future. Yeah, so I kind of I agreed with what you said last week on the show, Grant, a lot about kind of how we're feeling with Iso. So I don't know; I, I. it's it's kind of like house money at this point. Like I know this team's probably going to disappoint me in every game, but if they go on a run, like I'm, I'll try to enjoy every second of it. It's just 
it is miserable basketball to watch, not having a, a big that can catch a basketball and having a Tom Izzo offense that kind of needs a big that can catch a basketball and at least get some point touches. But at least Malik Hall stepped up in that aspect, and it's it seems like he's our best offensive option right now, at least in most half-court sets. So at least this, it, it took four months, but seniors have stepped up. You guys Finally. are – you guys are saying the right things. You know, you're saying the right <laughs> things. Except for Connor. His him saying that <laughs> wins at Penn State in Michigan means the second weekend is on. Is that just I means won. I can officially buy back in because we need to get we just need to pile up some road wins against teams that are inferior to us because I there's in March with this team, I'm never gonna go into a game thinking, okay, there's no chance. There's no chance. No, I can believe in them. But if we start to beat the teams that we should, because we have a problem with that at times, uh, then I can buy officially back in. I'm not going to, you know, Penn State, they're in the middle of the pack for Big Ten right now. So I think going there, and obviously at Michigan with, you know, Michigan's one of the better first-half teams. So if they get a big enough lead, I mean, they beat Wisconsin. Doug's going to be back. We haven't played him yet this year. And we had trouble for at least half the game against Michigan the first time. So. I think those are two important wins. You can't lose. There can't lose games. Connor's like Bill Belichick talking about special teams players when he's playing like a terrible team the upcoming week. Like they're a great first half team. You can't can't undermine them because you just I I think that summarizes this team though is that so me and Evan might go to the game on Saturday at Chrysler, but I'm like nervous to buy a ticket now and wear my Michigan State gear because – we just beat number 10 Illinois at home in an awesome basketball game. And I'm nervous mm-hmm. to go play eight win Michigan at Chrysler because Doug McDaniel is going to be playing. And I legitimately think it's going to look like a different basketball team than we saw two weeks ago at the Breslin. I'm nervous for that game. I shouldn't be. If you told me at the start of the year, Hey, we're going to play eight win Michigan at Chrysler. I'd say, Oh my God, it's going to be a 35 point win. Like Grant in high school, when you and I went to that game and, Michigan State won by 32 points. I, I'd say it's going to be a lob fest. I legitimately think we could lose that basketball game, and that just epitomizes what what basketball we've seen from this team this year. We could lose both the games. That's the scary part. Is there's no, <laughs> We're going to be favored against Penn State probably. I, I went through the spreads earlier. I think five and a half against Penn State will be favored by three to four. I think it's going to be a really tight spread against Michigan. So it's like – we should win. We're the better team. Yet, I don't know if many Michigan State fans have any confidence, 100% confidence, that we're going to win these two games. When, if you're a Kansas in the world, or like we were ranked four to start the year, we're going in those games thinking, yeah, we're going to win by at least 10. Because you never know who's going to show up. And that's the scary part about this team this year. But also, there could be greatness in store for us in March. I, I can already see it. We're going to lose, like, our first game in the Big Ten tournament, and it's just going to be down in the dumps, worst we could possibly feel. We're going to get, like, an 8-10 eight, eight to 10 seed, and then we're going to go on a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 run. That It, it just it just felt like that all year. And Seems. I'm going to get mad every time we lose just because it's, it's frustrating to see a game like we did against Illinois. And I, I am the – prototypical Michigan State fan that the sky is falling with every loss. That's just how I am. That's how I'm wired. I know you guys. This is the part when I was saying, like, you're saying the right things. And this is the part I'm going to try to extract from you guys, but probably more so (laughs) Alex and Evan. I don't think Evan will give in, but I I do think he thinks it too. I think Michigan State – 
No, the Michigan State fan base, and I think rightfully so, that you know you're smart enough to know to say the right things. Like, ah, every game's tough. Like, you know, at Penn State, that's that we could lose that at Michigan rivalry. We could lose that, and you might. But like deep down, deep deep down, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you still think this team can make the Final Four. And like part of you, like twenty percent, still <laughs> expects them to because they were ranked so high to start the year. And our brains can't just forget that. And you've seen them like steamroll Marquette, the same team, be like a shot away from beating Kansas State, then to go play Florida Atlantic. Like in your head, you you see Final Four. It's just people would call you crazy if you said it out loud. But like deep down, you're still thinking that. I know you guys are. You, you have to. You have to. I know you guys you have are. Two, you have two guards. I mean, I even texted – I think I texted Alex and Evan this. When Xavier Booker – I think he played in the Michigan game for like an extended stretch or longer than we thought he was. And he hit a three, and then I think he had a block or something. And I just thought in my head, I was like, oh, my God, like Xavier Booker's clicking at the right time now. We're not going to have to watch Monty Sissoko and Carson Cooper. Like, this is perfect for a run. And then you watch this play Minnesota. It's like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a stupid roller coaster we can't get out of. It's just belief, lose, everyone, the sky's falling. Win two games. Then you play a team like Minnesota that you think you should beat, and then you just look like shit the second half because you have one player who can put the team on his back. So, yes, there's belief and optimism, but just so inconsistent. It's like we're going to probably play UConn in the second round, and you know, we, we all know how that's probably going to go. We're only going to go as far as yeah. 11 takes us. That's it. Well, that's that's it. You guys <laughs> make that push. You guys really are one Mitch McGarry – Xavier Booker like run from making the championship game. <laughs> like if he could just if he could just figure it out and like Tom would ride him because like that is what turned around Michigan's entire season that year. Or if like if Carson Cooper could just unlock a little bit of Matt Costello in him, you know, just a, just a little bit, just a little I'm bit. Gonna of that go, big. I'm gonna go look at his game logs and see when he started playing big minutes for Michigan that year. See if you guys have any hope or if the ship's uh, already passed. Do you know what Mitch McGarry did after his basketball career concluded? Did he was he a go like, raise goats on a farm? He was a bowler. Turned to be a bowler. Oh. Really? Yes. Yeah. A couple fellow bowlers in here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Big timers. Failed that drug test, and that was the end of it. <laughs> um, but I guess okay, I'm looking at... One sec, Connor. I'm, I'm just doing some scientific research. <laughs> uh, he was like... He was playing 20 minutes a game, like even kind of early in the year, and then... Although there was a couple games where he only played eight minutes, even in like February. And then on March 14th, which was the conference tournament, he got 23 minutes. And then from then on out, he got 23 the entire way. He got 34, 35 in the first two tournament games, 36 against Syracuse. So maybe conference tournament is when the deadline is. It's just frustrating to know, though, that like Tom just won't. He just won't do it. He's already shown, like before, with the Syracuse loss. I mean, Ben Carter over Jaron Jackson, who was a top, who was a, the third pick in the NBA draft. I mean, I'm not saying Booker is Jaron Jackson, but it's just you just Booker, know he's not going. When he's played, it's not like he's really. I mean, his defense is bad. He can't. He's jumping out way too far on the wing. It's just no one trusts him yet. And as much as we want to, we want him to be the guy. He's just he's not ready, and no one's ready. So I'm not going to say that it's smart to keep him on the bench but 
He's I just don't trust dog. anyone. I don't trust anyone on that team that's taller than six eight. Yeah. That's fair. Um, <laughs> all right. Shifting over to football um, for Michigan. Oh, actually, one, one more thing about college basketball. Yeah. Um, who you guys is uh, – because I was, ma- I was making my, like, final four looking at bracketology today. So I should know where you guys – who your, like, final four natty is right now. Because right now I'm leaning UNC. I have a future on them. Carolina, Carolina over Kansas in the rematch. And then I feel really good about Indiana State in the Elite Eight. I'm not going to lie. I feel great about it. Good. I've, I have two futures. I put down one on Arizona, which I saw a stat today that Moat – Something about most most teams with a head coach who's only been a head coach for five years or less doesn't win the title, so I don't feel great about that one. Um, but also Kansas, it just it just feels right. Bill Self's a great head coach, but I like North Carolina. I think Grant, you're you're on Tennessee. Those feel like the four to me. I just can't think pick to those are my those are my final four. Yeah, I have Arizona and Tennessee both losing in the final four. I said to Alex the other day, I think it may have been on Saturday, I said you can book this final four. I already know three of the teams. I don't know the fourth one, though, but Connecticut will be there again. They're just too versatile. They can beat you in so many different ways. Um, Kansas will be there because Dickinson, he will be in a final four. Like that, that will happen before he graduates. And then Tennessee. That's a little top heavy, so I'm gonna. There's gonna be one wild card. I don't know where that comes from. I thought it was gonna be Creighton, but they haven't looked great. But they still could. They have a good mix of talent as well. But there'll, there'll be a wild card. I don't know where that's gonna come from. But BYU, BYU could be a sneaky wild card. Maybe BYU. What about? Uh, do you consider Iowa State top heavy since they're ranked ten right now? Like them and South Carolina both. I mean, they're off the radar in terms of what you would like expect, but they are a top 10 team, so it's hard to yeah. look at them as like off the radar. I want their coach to be Michigan's coach if that search ever happens. Who's? Iowa State's? Iowa State's, yeah. Fred Hoiberg might, might want a new job. No. Well, <laughs> if we get Tominaga, I will do that. <laughs> is, Tom, is Tominaga fifth year? Well, we just let him play till he's 35. Like, that's part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Michigan, just nothing crazy, um, but there are some coaching changes. So, Wink, we talked about last week, it was between the guy that drove through the Wendy's drive through naked and Joe Cullen. And what? I was hoping, Connor, if someone hadn't heard that story, but that's huh? such a good one. No, I heard it. <laughs> so, the two finalists for the defensive coordinator job for Michigan were Joe Cullen and Wink Martindale. Joe Cullen has been a football lifer. He's bounced around a lot. He's currently – he just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. He was a defensive line coach. Um, but when he worked for the Pistons – no, sorry, the Lions, back in, like, early 2000s, he had a drinking problem. Um, and he woke up getting arrested in a Wendy's drive through butt naked. Really? Yeah. Wendy's. Yeah, he, he, like, got home – he was too drunk from the night was like, I need food. So he drove there blacked out and like the drive through kind of woke up to sirens, tried to put on his clothes, but couldn't get his shorts on. He could only get his shirt on. So he's naked from the waist up. And make <laughs> fun of him. We've, we've all done it. We've all been there. Right. Who hasn't, whom's <laughs> among us hasn't been naked in the Wendy's drive through. So he was at his house though. It's not like he was driving from somewhere else. He was just, was at home. Yeah, I think he got home first. It was like, he was like, Oh, I'm no, I think, yeah, I don't know. Did he get in the in car the naked? <laughs> yeah. Got excited for a biggie bag? He got his frosty. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. But they went with Wink, long story short, so we avoided those jokes, which I'm thankful for, because I know Evan would bring that up every single time it got mentioned, like, hey, defense coordinator. <laughs> um, Wink. Hmm. What are my thoughts on him? I think it's a pretty good hire for February. I just, I think I had said in a group chat, Colby had asked like thoughts and I just said, I'm just going to have Don Brown PTSD, even though they're different coaches. So it's not fair to do that to Wink Martindale. Uh, So I think he's experienced and I like that it's Ravens connections. And I think he'll be like, he's going to be smart. He's a smart guy. He's been around a lot. He's not going to recruit, which is fine. Our previous defensive coordinators did not recruit well at all, but the bigger problem was that we lost Steve Klingscale, the DB's coach, like two days later. And the drama with that was before we hired Wink, uh, Clink, not stay with us, everyone, Wink and Clink, Clink told <laughs> the team that he was going to stay. Like he, had, he told him in a meeting, hey, I'm staying. A couple days go by, hey, guys, I changed my mind. Now that Wink Martindale's here, I'm going to go follow Jim to the NFL. So that hurts because – Clean scale is actually a pretty good recruiter. Um, he played a big role in Will Johnson's recruitment. Um, and he was, I think he, oh, he was top five recruiter in the Big Ten for 2023. He had a lot of like four or five stars that will be on the, no, not five stars. I'm sorry. A lot of four stars that will be on the team this coming year. So maybe they'll flip their commitments. Who knows what will happen or the transfer, but he's a good recruiter. So that kind of hurts. But that's really the dealings with Michigan. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Oh, I can put my Wolverine head on real quick uh it, it i don't it just feels like a hire that i think they'll play competitive football this year but i think you might see kind of a mass exodus after the season of guys that are in the program just because it's it's too late for them to leave now i don't know that's just that's kind of my the way i look at it but i guess I'd, i just get nervous about sharon Moore. i mean he was obviously the right hire and i think it's a good hire for michigan i just get nervous about there are so many stories that came out of New York and why Wink ultimately was let go out of New York about how he butt heads with Brian Dable. And I think that that could be a Brian Dable thing. I, I, it just makes me nervous having a guy, like a 60-year-old DC come in who has NFL experience with a first-year head coach, how they kind of mesh together as a coaching staff. Uh, but I, I don't – you're right, it is February. So it's like how many options did Sharon really have there? Um, I don't know. It, it on on the Spartan side of the table, like it's a hire that makes me happy. I feel like so it just because I mean I know the rosters the roster towards the end of his Giants tenure wasn't really that spectacular, but if you look at the defensive ratings, like they're in the bottom five in a lot of categories. So makes you wonder how good of a defense they really field moving forward. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Cody. Like. I mean, he has a lot of experience, especially in the NFL, even with Baltimore under John before being in New York. But it's just – it's so strange to me how Winky is getting hired in Michigan. Like, that's just a dude I expect to be in the NFL year after year. And when you're hiring someone who – has he been around college at all? Because I don't know if he has what it takes to, you know, deal with the college landscape and the new coach, like you said. I just think it's – like, I was kind of interested maybe Green Bay would go after him, but, like, seeing him in college and especially at Michigan, it just – It, it seems like a lot weird. of – really weird. It seems like a lot of college programs and even NFL programs have gone younger, and Michigan had a ton of success with younger DCs. And I know they kind of, they it was kind of unlucky that 
Mike McDonald got hired for the Seahawks job, so then Orr got promoted, and I know that was probably Michigan's top target and a guy that they could have gotten, but it's so – it's just such a, like, meh hire, and it seems like – I mean, Sharon's been dealt a really poor hand because it seems like every, every day you see a new coach saying that he's staying and then he's just out of the program and he can't hire one position before another position's opening. So it's – he's had to kind of patch together a staff, so – I guess I'm curious to see, like, if this, if the coaching staff he's fielding now even lasts past the next year or two, because it, it could just be like whoever's available and he's got a, still a pretty solid roster outside of a quarterback. So I don't know. I think they're still going to be really good in the trenches. I guess I'm just curious at the quarterback position and on the back end of the defense, what it'll look like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think, though, given the circumstances, like, I expect Wink this kind of he's like a hired gun kind of like how mcdonald was i mean really our past two defensive coordinators with all our success they were hired guns you know one was there for one year in mcdonald and mincer was there for two in dipped and i think the thing that he has going for him though is that i with his experience i think he'll have less hiccups in year one and if he's only here a year that could be what we need because the talent is there like he's gonna have a talented defense assuming you know, spring transfer portal, whatever happens there, and maybe it changes. But, like, you start your defense with Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, and you kind of build out from there. Like, he has the flexibility to do a lot of cool things. And I think with his experience, that helps if he's just there for one year. I, I don't see this being, like, a if, – if he coaches defensive coordinator at Michigan for three years, I'd be stunned if he goes a full three yeah. seasons. So it's just, it's just alarming to see, like, so many guys trying to get out of college, and this is a guy that – was an NFL defensive coordinator and he's dropping down to a college defensive coordinator. Like it, it was, it's pretty clear. He had no other options, but I mean, yeah. Michigan defensive coordinator is still, still a really good job for college football. So. Um, looking at their schedule next year. I mean, it's tough to like do any type of schedule, not knowing quarterback situation, who's even going to be there, but I'm looking at the schedule. This is coming from Michigan state fan, uh, Texas. I don't see you guys winning that game, especially early on. Ohio State, yeah, you do. I could see us being Texas. I think he said it last I'm, week. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could my my two, I think they're C- Michigan ceiling right now. Obviously, just maybe they are still really good. So I would say Texas and Ohio State to me. I'd be kind of shocked if they won either Ohio State, especially because they're just returning so much talent and they're probably going to be ranked top two. Then looking at the more questionable games, Oregon could be a tough game. It's at home though, I believe. And I think USC is at home, and those are both kind of questionable to me. The rest of them, yeah. I think your schedule is wild. <laughs> I think your floor, especially with Washington too. I don't know how the whole Washington landscape is going to look. We'll kill Washington, uh, respectfully. So I, I, I would say, in my eyes, your floor is probably eight and four. Um, that, that's a high floor for you. Maybe it piss you off. Ceiling um, no. for me, I would see eleven and one, ten and two. I don't see. Uh, you guys being able to run the table again just with so many question marks scheduling tough so i see i don't know does 10, 10 wins will probably still get you into that 12 team playoff i would think being a 10 and 2 defending champ but i would say if you guys drop down to 9 and 3 it's going to be tough to get into a postseason that way yeah if if Sharon figures out a way to win the big 10 this year he should get a lifetime deal because it would be, uh, <laughs> yeah. it'd be, it'd be insane. 
Honestly, if you beat Ohio State again, like, yeah. it'd, it'd make you wonder. <laughs> I mean, we could be looking at a world where Michigan's like, uh, what would they have to be? Seven and four, like going into that game, we're just playing spoiler. And if he shocks them, but like, yep, lifetime deal, eight and four, just beat Ohio State, ruin their their uh, all in year. Is there like any chance that Ryan Day keeps his job if they don't beat Michigan this year? I don't no, think so. There's no way, and especially no way. given Even if it's everything, all the all the nil money that he got. I mean, unless take unless he, big pay unless cut, he loses like to Michigan. Yeah, unless he loses to Michigan and then made like a run in the playoff because it's still obviously be in the playoff. But all the NIL money he got to bring in guys, and then he brings in Chip Kelly too. If if you yeah. lose to Michigan at home, that that's a disaster. They just got a um, new athletic director too, so he's not going to be as yeah. um, oh, tied great. to. Yeah, they're phasing out Gene Smith, and they hired a guy that was at A and M, I think. Yeah, so A&M's he's not going to be as like he's not going to be as loyal to Ryan Day too. So he just pulled the plug, I would imagine. Which is still kind yeah. of a crazy move. Like Ryan Day should get hired immediately after that. Oh yeah, because he's one of the best. Co- I mean, again, I keep going back to you, like they make a field goal, they easily beat TCU. He's a national champion, and everyone views him differently. But it just well, didn't happen. And that it's way. but it's it's A and M's AD, and it's the same guy that just got pressured by boosters into firing Jimbo Fisher and hiring a new head coach. And it's going to be the same situation at Ohio State if if he loses to Michigan again. Boosters are obviously going to put that pressure on the AD. So people people need to think. I probably will place a nice future on Ohio State to hedge against my emotions. But people need to remember that Will Howard kind of was losing his job at Kansas State to their backup, who's electric. So it's Is not he like guaranteed to be the starter. You think? I think I think so, based on all the him, hype that he got. Uh, I guess him or the me. Bama kid, the Bama kid that transferred. Oh know. yeah, that kid's young though. That'd be Five crazy. They also said that he might dip again because Bill Bill O'Brien recruited him to Ohio State oh and then just oh. dipped. Because <laughs> Bill O'Brien recruited him to Alabama and then he recruited him to That's Ohio that. State and then he left again. Maybe we'll go sure to Boston he, College. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan State better win that game against Boston College. That's all I'm saying. Against Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, what's that roster even going to look like? Maybe people At Boston College? I don't know, Connor. I'm not in the weeds that much. <laughs> uh, um, last two quick topics. We'll go Pistons first. They did a lot. I wish Evan was on the show. I have to talk to him more about Killian Hayes actually being gone. But the only players Fun, I wrote down funniest like, moment ever when he texted in the group chat too that he yeah was, he just because he was working he goes Killian Hayes is still on the team and he didn't yeah see the he just had no he had no clue that he didn't <laughs> that he got let go. I was like no Evan he's let go. <laughs> um. The big pieces that I only wrote down were Fontecchio, Quentin Grimes, and Troy Brown Jr. were like the only three names that I think were worth anything or could be here for a while. And Whoa, then, Evan Fournier, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> but, I, don't, I really like the moves, honestly. It's, it's, it's the best, it was the best thing Troy Weaver could have done for his job because now there's no excuse for Monty not to play Asar Thompson and Jay Nivey a ton of minutes because there's nobody else on the team. So Troy Weaver has that card in his back pocket going into next year that they could have, they're going to have likely a top three pick, if not a top five pick. Um, so he gets one more draft. And I mean, if, if Ivy keeps rattling off the games he has, he can just say, look, like, 
ownership wanted Monty Williams. He got Monty Williams. Look at how he treated Jaden Ivey at the start of the year, and that's why we lost a lot of basketball games. And if Ivey has a promising finish to the year and Duran's been playing well, there's a big three core there. Um, it just It's just a matter on if they'll get minutes. Uh, it it kind of stunk that Isaiah Stewart was injured. I would have liked to see him get dealt because I'm not sure why we extended him in the offseason. It doesn't You're feel like he's a – it doesn't feel like a good piece for the future. So I'd like to see him gone maybe at the end of the year. The Pistons are just in eternal hell with Troy Weaver. I mean, if you just look at from 2020 on, Killian, I don't know if many people were happy about the draft that when that happened. Sadiq, everything, everyone was behind. Beef Stew, yeah, saving me. But then you're signing Jeremy Grant, that's good. Plumley, Jalil Okafor and Josh Jackson, and then he's taking swings on. Bagley and Dennis Smith and Olenek and Trey Lyles. It's just people who are not Dennis successful. Smith. Even Kevin Knox twice. Uh, Livers, who's pretty ass too. We traded Sadiq Bay for James Wiseman. I mean, you trade your best shooter for a bomb. Kelly Olenek. Uh, Kelly Olenek, yeah. Olenek and <laughs> he Lyles had some together. Olenek had some moments. <laughs> but, and then you, can, you fail to be able to get a single first rounder for someone you were offered two first last year in bogey. That just is so annoying. And you have six players on your roster in four years who are NBA players. And Cade, Ivy, Duran, Sasser, I like a lot. I thought that was a good pick. And then Beef Stew and Asar. So you have six players you can build around in next year. The draft isn't really pretty like it was the last few years. I don't know, like, anyone in the top five. They're all foreign or G League players. So you I'm got one more. You have one more year to save your job. If you don't make the playoffs, I don't know how a GM can stay. If not even sniffing 30 wins in four years a single season. I mean, it's just the same old thing happens year after year. It's just not fun. I'm done watching the team by week, the third game of the season. Four years in a row. So, it's, yeah, I hate the Pistons. It's, it sucks, passionate. too, because it's, it's not even a good game day experience. It's like the energy is so dead in there. Half of the floor is taken up by a sports book and like an on-floor bar. So there's even less seats than there normally would. I don't know anybody that's trying to get like floor – like it, it, it was like the one end of the court is those like booths that they had at the Super Bowl, where it's like kind of a like a sportsbook type type suite. And I don't know anybody that's going to watch a Pistons game like that. I texted you guys; I thought it was really funny. But like the trampoline guys that they have came out and missed almost every big dunk they had to the point where like people were kind of booing them, and then. It, it, like the Wizards went on a massive run, and what do they play up on the Jumbotron? They play a video of Tom Gores giving back to the community, and they present they oh, presented man. like a Flint charity with a five thousand dollar check, which I'm sure <laughs> is, is a lot of money to them. But it's just like Tom Gores is, I mean, a, a billionaire, like <laughs> five grand. Connor, Connor made that on DraftKings last night. Is, yeah, like that's your scapegoat that you're using. I'm like, look at all I do for the community. And he's held press conferences about that. And it's just, it's top down. I, I don't, I think Little Caesars is a really good experience for hockey. I don't agree with it for basketball. I think it's, it's, and obviously the Pistons suck. So there wasn't, there's was nobody there, but I just think it's a lifeless, it's so lifeless in there and empty. And it just feels like the players can't even draw off the crowd at all. But, I don't know. I, I don't think – I think even if we get rid of Troy Weaver, I don't think anything's going to change. Tom Gore's got the head coach that he wanted, and look how that's played out. Um, so I don't really trust him to make another GM hire at this point. I don't agree with Troy Weaver, and like, 
having his son on staff, especially with how he's ran the organization. Uh, so top down, it's a mess. But I, I will say, like, Simone Fontecchio, as funny as it is, and, like, as funny as, of a meme as it is, I think he's, like, a decent piece for them to have with this young core because he is a big body that can shoot. But, I mean, they're trotting out a lineup with Mike Muscala at center, and I know Beef Stew is injured, but, I mean, Mike Muscala is not an NBA player. <laughs> that That yeah. is just – so hard to watch it's just every year too i have so much optimism with the youth in this organization it's just how can they not gel together because Cade is Cade's really good ivy has been great the last few weeks jalen duran is really good too and then thompson there's defensive flashes and sasser i think can be a key piece moving forward it's just i don't know how, i can't see a world where the pistons are top four seed in the in the east ever like it's just hard for me to expect the pistons to ever be relevant and that's how a lot of Lions fans were the last 20 years. It's just unthinkable. And I would have, if you would have asked me the before last season, who's the closest to being a really talented team, I would have said the Pistons. I mean, with Jaden yeah. and Duran, I would have said Pistons might have the brightest future and they're the farthest thing from it. And I don't think it's close. I, the, Killian, the Killian pick just set that back so far and not turning out. Because, I mean, if you take Halliburton there, obviously it's like hindsight's 2020 on the player that Halliburton has turned out to be. But just think of this. This exact team. Who, who knows if we get the number one overall pick with Halliburton, but to select Cade. But just think of if Halliburton was on this team, like we're probably on the Pacers' trajectory and and in probably five, six seed in the playoffs right now. It's just crazy how one pick has kind of changed everything. If we go, we have thirty games left this year. If we can win twelve of those, get to twenty wins. I'll feel a little bit better going into next year. I'll talk myself into something. <laughs> Play a game. <laughs> I don't think I can keep doing it. The one thing I'll say is um, this game, this these moves make them more watchable because the players they brought in actually try on defense. We still have to watch yeah. Quentin Grimes play, but Fontecchio tries because he's young. And I'm going to kind of like keep an eye on the Knicks. Just there's, I'm just going to box score watch. Because I already saw their fans were like, oh, my God, Bogey and Burks just don't play any defense. And that was, like, what pissed me off in the beginning of the year. If I if I watch a basketball team and they just do not try on defense, I nothing makes me want to turn the game off faster. Because it's just like, I, even if we make cool shots, I know we can't stop anybody and we don't care enough to try. So I think this team's going to be more watchable. Um, maybe some grosser offensive possessions. But it, it made me a little – and, again, Connor's valid about the not getting the haul that he was worth, especially last year. But in terms of – if you just told me, like, the players we added, I'm a little bit excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'll try to watch a couple – I did watch a little – the fourth quarter of the Clippers game on Stream East because I was like, I just want to see Fontecchio ball out. He had 20 points. I was like, let me see <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, I'm not watching him in general just because I don't really have Bailey right now. But when it gets comes to prime – the prime video thing's happening, right? Where Tiger Jones, oh, yeah. yeah. all man, prime video. That is start opening day. Hopefully, it better be opening day. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Jeff I mean, Bezos probably figures that out. The scenes sure. are unwatchable, but it's not like I watch them anyway. So, just maybe next year will be fun, but probably not. The uh, biggest piece of crap that they kept Wiseman through the deadline and like waved all the other players. Like, just wave Wiseman. I know they have to because he yeah. traded him for Sadiq, but he's like a waste of space. I still can't believe just... he traded him. Well, yeah. No, it sucks that we we kept Wiseman, but we traded Bagley, and like Bagley was the more That's promising right. of the two. I'm not saying I want Bagley. I don't. I don't think Bagley's a guy, but it's just 
Wiseman's is the one we kept on to, and obviously we probably couldn't trade Wiseman for peanuts, but I don't know. At least Bagley could have made them somewhat competitive in the short-sighted. And yeah. you paid Bagley for that. You pay him twelve a year for four years. It's like you gave him extension last year. So yeah. It's like why are we giving up on him if we just paid him? It's bad, bad. Um, to wrap it out, speaking of a team that's hopefully on the rise faster, the Red Wings. I'm gonna defer to Connor probably here because I don't I don't know a ton. I saw I got a notification that Patrick Kane's back from an injury, but I'm getting ready for playoff hockey mentally. I hope we can get there. But you I did look at our be. schedule and it looks like we have a brutal stretch upcoming. So it could be smoke and mirrors here. It could be, but I mean the last ten games you thought would be a tough schedule and they battled through it. I mean, they just beat the Canucks, came back from three one in the in the third period. I mean, this is an exciting Red Wings team with lots of offense. Ever since Huso kind of went down in December, you got a new goalie in Lyon who's fourth in save percentage, so you're playing better defense too. Okay, so okay. you have a chance there. Statistics. I mean, going forward, I mean, the stretch is kind of tough, but the NHL, anything can happen. And you get to the postseason, the final eight, it, there's a lot of parity that can happen. If you have your eight or seven seed, I'm probably just as confident as being a four or five, depending on who you get matched up against. I mean, right now you're – you have four points over the Islanders in the last spot, and you're tied with the Maple Leaf for the seven and eight seed. So there's and we're it's a we're we're a point out of third in the Atlantic, and yeah. the Lightning have two games on us in hand. So exactly, yeah. So there's like there's such a uh, the window's so small from going the third seed to the eight. I mean, there's a lot of room, and you know Larkin's been solid. The Brincat Raymond stepped up this year. I mean. Your additions in the offseason and Gossa Spear and Strong have been good, especially defensively. So, I mean, this team right now, I don't think their window is exactly open to compete, but you're winning now. You made free agency additions, good young core. I mean, the core, you still have younger players that you just drafted that are going to be brought up soon. So, I think officially next year, the window is open to start thinking, hey, we can make a championship and have a good five or six year period. I think this year we're still a little inconsistent to make a deep run, but I think. I feel really good about making the playoffs. I expect to be in. I'll be shocked if we're not. So you get in, anything can happen. I hope you can forgive me, but my brain thinks back to last year when I got to this point where I was I was in. I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. So we just got swept by Ottawa in back-to-back games. I'm sure you remember. It was just yeah. brutal. I was like, oh, we're just not there. If we get dusted by the Oilers and Canucks, which we easily can on the road, it's going to be dark. I'm like, well, that was our window for the year. We're done. I know there's a lot more games left after that, but I'm looking at those two 30-plus win teams that might just take our head off in the next two games. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it was fun. That could Hockey's happen. just a log jam. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there's so many teams from 50 to 60 points right now, and just, it, like, every game matters. And – they can beat anyone. Too. I mean, they. I'm pretty sure. Didn't they? I, I think they, they beat the Bruins twice. The Bruins, yeah, and they beat the Canucks last night. It's like they can be. I mean, the Devils are the team that I think would scare me about uh, jumping them because the Devils. I would think pop at one point, but Islanders. I think this is a playoff team. They've beaten playoff teams. I mean, 27, 18, six is much better. I think than they were at last year. I can't specifically say where how many points they had at this point in the season last year, but. Uh, they're much more competitive, I think, this late in the year, and they haven't really had long losing streaks that have made them dip uh, to the 500 mark. So that's true. I mean, that, this, is, this, that is a difference. This is an important month. Uh, if you can go 500 in February, there's a good chance you're going to be uh, playing in April. 
they play with confidence too. Jake Wallman hitting that shot against the Canucks, that that shootout, and then hitting the gritty. I mean, that's like that's it. like that's just good vibes on a hockey team. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Isaac games versus working. the Coyotes. That's good. I see a Blackhawks game. That's, that's good. good. We need those teams. I mean, me and Evan are ready to. We've said the last three years, wins in the playoffs. We're going the first. I don't know if it'll be the first game, but uh, we're going to LCA. So hopefully, this is the year we can finally get that done. I think it is. Maybe even win around. Close out the year with the Canadians twice. That's huge. They're under five hundred. Just looking ahead. Just looking ahead. (laughs) Everything's important. (laughs) All right, that. Is show 154. Great work, gentlemen. Cheers. I got one last week of my pair. High noon. Cheers. Cheers. Number one sports podcast in the state of Michigan. With the number hopefully one host Evan in goes... the state of Michigan. <laughs> hopefully Evan goes 5-0 and this week. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>